This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. Welcome to the Joy of Living Creatively. My name is Eric Maisel and I'd like to guide you through a nine-episode series that examines the relationship between creativity and addiction and that presents a first-ever recovery program for creative people. I hope that you'll share these episodes with your creative friends who may be suffering from an addiction or who may be worried about their addictive tendencies. For a more complete examination of this subject, please take a look at my new book, co-authored with the addiction specialist Dr. Susan Rayburn, called Creative Recovery, a complete addiction treatment program that uses your natural creativity. It's just been released from Shambhala Books and is available now from Amazon and other booksellers. Today's episode is the fourth in the series, it's called Creative Nature Risk Factors. Let's begin. In previous episodes, I've described your creative nature as a certain drive or inner pressure to be an individual and to realize your human potential, a drive that is as likely as not puts you in opposition to conventional aspects of your family, community, and society at large. This drive or inner pressure is itself a substantial risk for addiction as you are likely to find yourself regularly frustrated in your efforts to express yourself and in your efforts to make money from your creative work, a set of frustrations that cry out for relief. And because the pressure to be individual and to create regularly demands an addictive break, the kind of break that alcohol, cocaine, food, sex, and other substances and behaviors afford. You have a hunger to tell the truth about what you see, take responsibility for the meaning in your life, and garner respect and honor for your efforts. Reading between the lines of this description, you will see a multitude of risk factors for addiction. Take just the following one, that you intend, as part of your creative nature, to take responsibility for the meaning in your life. Where this honorable stance leads is to regular meaning crises, since the activity you had invested meaning in, your singing career, your research career, will on some days be rendered less meaningful or even meaningless because, for example, no one is recording you or no one is funding you. Creators are prone to addictions because an addiction is an ineffective but tempting way to handle these recurrent meaning crises. Why is your relationship to meaning such a risk factor? Well, say that you find little meaning in your day job. Your novel isn't going well, which is a second meaning drain. The hard work of creating is wearing you out, as is the hard work of filling up your seconds, minutes, and hours with meaning. You feel at odds with your culture and at odds with your world. A drink seems to help. Many drinks seem to help more. Drinking becomes an obsession. Showing up at the neighborhood bar becomes a compulsion. Especially if you are burdened by some of the risk factors we've previously discussed, like a biological propensity for addiction and early developmental traumas, you are staring an addiction straight in the face. 
You begin to organize your life around your drinking, even though the drinking and its aftermath do not help your writing one bit, all romantic mythology about wild and crazy drunk authors notwithstanding. Indeed, you stop thinking about writing and you start thinking only about drinking. The ongoing meaning crisis and the void do not go away, but thinking about your next drink help fills that void. The messes that you make, the self-recriminations, the scenes, the bargains you strike with yourself, all the dramas and tidying up fill the void. Only pathetically, to be sure, but no less successfully for that. Now your friends talk more about getting you sober than about reading your new novel. You realize that you're on a downward slide and there is something a little heroic in your struggle to break the addiction. The heroism you might have lavished on your novel, you now lavish on fighting your addiction. The addiction takes the place of your creative efforts and becomes the thing that you think about, the thing that you crave, the thing that you have dreams and nightmares about. It becomes your meaning, or rather, your meaning substitute. It is excellent if you obsess about your novel or your gene theory. It is wonderful if you feel compelled to write late into the night, or if you feel driven to arrive at your lab in the wee hours of the morning. Your productive obsessions and compulsions are nothing but the expression of your passionate meaning-making efforts. You should want to feel compelled to write your symphony because, if you do not feel compelled, that is the equivalent of taking insufficient interest in it. You don't want to obsess about your neighbor's untidy lawn, but you certainly do want to obsess about your own creative ideas. A person with this life energy at her disposal must cultivate the habit of productively obsessing so that she works hard at her creative efforts and not hard at her addictions. At the same time, she must prevent herself from sending her energy and her thoughts off in directions that harm her, toward slot machines, internet sex chats, or the next bottle of vodka. And she must temporarily turn off even her productive obsessions, so that, for example, she remembers that she has a child to pick up from school. This is all by way of saying that the obsessive nature of the creative person is not a bad thing, in and of itself, as it allows him to productively obsess about his work. But when that obsessive nature gets a grip on an, on an obsession with drinking or using, that grip is often an iron one. Without genuinely meaningful activities to pursue, your aliveness eventually turns to listlessness. You begin to grow out of sorts and become ripe for distraction and addiction. Similarly, when you abandon your meaning-making efforts for whatever reason, because you find it too hard to make meaning, because you don't know what meaning to make, or because you've made some meaning and now want a respite from meaning-making, you court an addiction. Agitated, bored, you throw up your hands and cry, give me sex, give me a high, give me something. An addiction, although it reduces your freedom to make personal meaning and increases your psychological and physical dependence on the thing craved, nevertheless begins to take care of meaning crises in its own way, producing an oddly satisfactory state of affairs, the happy bondage we described in previous episodes. The irony about addiction is that, despite its terrible consequences, 
despite the guilt and despair that come from being out of control and from knowing that you are out of control, the addiction still seems less of a problem than do freedom and the challenges of making meaning. The bound creator becomes devoted to his addiction and loses his ability to live authentically. He may become bound to anything, stock trading, Star Trek conventions, painting in a particular style. He may become bound to consuming peanuts by the pound, like Orson Welles, who, are, who ironically claimed to hate peanuts. She may become bound to planting flowers, like Mae Sarton, who likened her gardening to an addiction. When you want to train your mind over here, where the real meaning is to be made, but your mind goes over there to the happy place of peanuts, flowers, gin, or poker chips, you've become an addict. That ends today's show. I hope you enjoyed it and found it useful. Please tune in next week for another episode of The Joy of Living Creatively. If you subscribe to The Joy of Living Creatively, you won't miss a single episode. To subscribe, please visit personallifemedia.com or look for The Joy of Living Creatively in iTunes. If you found today's episode useful, I hope that you'll purchase your own copy of Creative Recovery, available now from Amazon and other booksellers. And I hope that you'll visit my website to learn more about my books and services. To visit, please head over to ericmazel.com. That's E-R-I-C-M-A-I-S-E-L dot com. Thank you for listening. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.